You're listening to the Life Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Hey, Life Church Livonia, welcome to our Good Friday service. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Good Friday is the day we somberly remember. Jesus's crucifixion. We look forward to Easter and we love to celebrate Easter, but Easter is the celebration of the resurrection. And today we pause and we remember why Jesus died on the cross. Because the whole world, including you and I, deserve justice for our sins. We deserve letting those full consequences be ours to own. And like this branch here, Sin is not a matter of how bad I've been or good I've been. It's that we have cut ourselves off from God, from the love of the Father. And when we did that, we cut ourselves off from life. And in cutting ourselves off from life, the just consequence for that is death. But when Jesus died on the cross, he opened a wound in the tree that we might be grafted back into God's family, to God's heart, to God's life and might experience life and life to the full. Because of God's great love for us, he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not die, but have eternal life. And all of us have cut ourselves off from God, but through Jesus we can be grafted back in to the life that is God, the life that gives life to all things. So we're going to be experiencing five different stations throughout this Good Friday service. And each one is an invitation to reflect on the ways that sin has wounded us, on the ways that sin has wounded our world, on our need for confession, our need for forgiveness, as we look forward to the reconciliation that comes through Jesus Christ. So today we're going to slow down to be silent and still before God. We're going to lament. We're going to confess and we're going to commune, and then we're going to forgive ourselves, others, and consider who might need to forgive us. So because we have received forgiveness in Jesus, we give it freely to others. So there are a couple of materials that you're going to need to fully participate in these stations, and they're going to show up here on your screen in a moment. We're going to give you a bit of time to gather those, and then we're going to start with our first station. So please gather your materials and join us in a few minutes. Hey Life Church, my name is Nate Wahlberg. I serve on the worship team here at Life Church Livonia. We're going to start our first reading uh, from John chapter 19, verses 30 through 31 and 38 through 42. So go ahead and follow along with me. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies to be left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. 
This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. And because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now after a loss, a shock, a tragedy, a grief, there's often a silence. And we see this here in Scripture. There's a silence the day of the crucifixion of Jesus as he lays dead in the tomb. And this tomb is silent. The disciples are silent. They're in grief. They do nothing. They say nothing. There's this stillness that comes with that grief. And I even wonder if heaven was silent that day. Before the resurrection, before this wonder, before this praise, before this celebration that we know is to come, there is this silence and stillness. And we know that our world is chaotic, it's busy, it's anxious, it's heavy, it's angry, it's stressed. And we often use our busyness or this busyness that's present in our life to run from discomfort that is present in our own soul or in our emotions. And we hope that through our mindless and this numbing activity that these uncomfortable thoughts or these feelings that we're experiencing um, will just go away or we can forget them. And unfortunately, this is not a healthy solution. And this often leaves us feeling worse than when we started. We're trained by TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram uh, to focus and think and pay attention in these short increments before we need another point of interest or we need another point of excitement or we need something to distract us from loneliness, from tiredness, from boredom. And it's just another distraction. I found a, I found a study in 2022 that showed that the average attention span of someone is eight seconds. <laughs> and we don't just consume this media, we're trained by it. That's where that eight second attention span comes from. We enter into this hurried and distracted world and we'd rather live there than acknowledge our own pain, acknowledge the emotions that we're feeling, what's going on under the surface. And this causes us to remain unpresent and distracted you know, both internally, we're distracted from what's going on inside us, and we're just this passive participant in life. We don't even know what's externally going on around us. So on this Good Friday, I just ask that let's begin by slowing down and being silent. Let's pause together. Let's take this deep breath. And let's sit together in this stillness. Let's sit together in God's presence and let's let him disciple us in the opposite direction of our world, away from our media and away from our culture. And as we grow silent, let's let the things that are running around in the background, behind the scenes or in our hearts, let's let those rise back up into our minds and let's just acknowledge and be present with ourselves with what's going on. Let these thoughts and emotions be acknowledged and seen. Acknowledge those thoughts that are distracting you right now and consciously let go of them. You know, growing up, my dad would give me the symbolism, you know, hold out, your, hold out your hand with me right now. And he would give me the symbolism of you're holding on to strings, you're holding on to a set of balloons, you know, holding on to a bundle of balloons. And the, this bundle of balloons, they represent your anxiety, they represent your worry, they represent your anger, they represent the feelings and emotions that you're experiencing you know, you might be thinking of some things right now that come to your mind this evening. And I want you to imagine that you're holding out your hand with this bundle of balloons and you're looking up and you're, you know, you're looking at God or you're looking at the sky or whatever and you're letting go of these balloons. So just let go. This idea of you don't have to hold on to it right now. Allow yourself to let it go. You don't have to carry it alone. God promises that his yoke is easy and that he's walking with you. So cultivate this stillness with God right now as you let go of the distractions in your mind right now, the distractions from your week. Silence is this holy space, and it allows us to hear from God. It allows us to slow down and pause and reflect with what God's doing right now. It's a place where your masks come down, our masks come down, and our souls get the chance to speak back to us. And it's this place of rest where we can acknowledge that God's right here and he's with us right now. And he's always been with us, 
We're just acknowledging it, that he's there. So now we're going to begin our first station with our Good Friday service. And this is an activity of silence. And this activity can be done with your children as well. We encourage you to involve them. Uh, we're going to start by, uh, if you can grab the, the candle that you were asked to gather, we're going to start by uh, lighting our candles together. And we'll be quiet. And we'll keep time with an on-screen timer. And once the time is up, we'll blow the candle out, and then we can speak to each other again. We can continue with our service. So right now, I just ask you, find a comfortable spot, and uh, let's sit together as we light our candles. Then I want you to place your hand over your heart and just acknowledge your heartbeat. Be conscious of your heartbeat. And as you breathe in, I want you to say in your mind, Jesus. And as you breathe out, I want you to say in your mind, loves me. So Jesus loves me. Breathe in. Breathe out. And we're going to do this together for three minutes. So parents, if your children get restless after a minute or two, no worries. It's okay. Uh, that can be done. Um, they can be done with this if that's, if that's as long as we can go. Um, but see if they can remain quiet until the candle is blown out. And we may not last the full three minutes. That's okay. Um, but you know what we're doing is we're just training ourselves um, to slow down. Training ourselves and our children to slow down, be conscious, be present, be silent as we grow our ability to both sit in silence uh, externally and inter internally. So go ahead, sit silently. We're going to put the three minutes up on the clock. Put your hand on your heart, feel your heartbeat, and uh, let's do this exercise together.
Well, I hope you found that time to be restful and reflective. We're going to close the station together as we head into station two. Good evening, Life Church Livonia. My name is Marcy Rahill, and I serve as a small group leader on the teaching team and on the nominating committee at Life Church Livonia. In this station, we're going to be focusing on lament. So follow along with me, if you would, as we read Matthew 27, verses 45 to 54. From noon until about three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with white wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. On the cross we see Jesus quote the words of Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a song of lament that the Israelites sang as a way to worship in the midst of their grief and their pain and their losses. On the cross, as Jesus is taking on the sins of the world, we hear him singing this song of sorrow as he laments the reality of sin, the consequences of it, and the cross itself. Jesus truly was fully God and fully human experiencing the fullness of sorrow, grief, and suffering. In that way, Jesus bore the pain of humanity even more human than we could, for Jesus did not just endure his own suffering, but the suffering of the sins of the whole world. The lament of Jesus on the cross invites us into lament in our own lives. Lament is simply an expression of sorrow and grief, in this following activity, we're going to lament our griefs and losses, personally and corporately. When we, when we refuse to lament, pain and grief do not go away. No ignored motion goes away, they just simply get buried alive. The result is they become toxic and seep onto our souls in ways we never imagined or wanted. This leads to rifts and hurts in our relationship with others, with ourselves, and with God because hurting people hurt people. However, when we lament and acknowledge the losses in our life, allowing our emotions to have their say in healthy and productive ways, we are able to give grief and loss to become a gift that can enlarge our souls. The personal activity is going to be an act of writing of our own psalms, psalms of lament, of which there are many in the book of Psalms as a model for us. In a moment, you'll see the prompts on the screen to help you write your own psalm of lament. If you are doing this activity with children, instead of having them write to the prompts, instead ask them to draw a picture of what they are sad about and how they see God helping him with that. For this activity, my encouragement is to pick one thing you are currently grieving or feel you haven't fully grieved. We are going to spend five minutes on this activity. If you're not finished when the time is up, I really encourage you to feel free to pause the video until you're finished and then you can, can continue on with the rest of our Good Friday service. Afterward, we'll do a liturgical activity to lament corporate and global griefs. So, Grab your piece of paper and your pens as we begin. 
The first step in writing a lament is to address God directly. For example, we often would see in the Psalms, O Lord, or mighty King, or lover of justice. How would you address him if you were writing this letter to him? Let me ask you, what role does God play in this situation of your grief or your sorrow or your lament? What name do you ascribe to him? Let's take a minute and write that down. The second step is a review of God's faithfulness in the past. For he divided the sea and led them through, making the water stand up like walls. That was God's faithfulness to the Israelites. My question to you is, how has God been faithful to you in the past? How has he shown up? Write those things down in your lament. The third part of our lament is your complaint, your grief, your sadness, your burden that you're carrying. For example, I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. What is your source of grief? What is your sorrow? What are you angry about? What painful situation is before you? I would encourage you to be really specific here. You can write more than one if you want. You can go back to this later and add more. But be very specific in telling God, what are you angry about? What are you sorrowful about? What are you grieving? And let the words you choose reflect the depth of that. Again, for each of these steps, feel free to pause the video until you finish writing and then you can continue. Our fourth step is the request for help. As an example, the Psalms say, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. What specific thing are you asking God to do? In what ways? Do you long to see him move? Let him know. Tell him that.
Step five in your lament is a declaration of the response. You're talking about the character of God. In the Psalms we hear, But you have been our king from the beginning, O God. You have saved us many times. What do you know is true about God? Recount the ways in which God has responded to your suffering in the past. What evidence do you have that he will show up for you again? Who do you know God to be based on your experiences with him? Tell him that in your lament. And a final step in writing a lament to God is a statement of trust in him. Examples from the Psalms might be, The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. Or why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Or I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen, and I will pray as long as I have breath. Let me ask you, looking beyond your circumstances, your current circumstances, your grief, your sadness, what are the reasons God is nevertheless worthy of praise and trust? Articulate these as clearly and honestly as you can as you wrap up your lament. Let's take a minute to do that. Again, feel free to pause the video if you're not done writing your lament. It's really important to take some time to be able to finish that. We want you to have that time. When you're done writing that, go ahead and restart the video and join us because next we're going to lament some corporate issues, which could be a part of our local community or our country or our world. After I read each thing we are lamenting, I'll pause and I want you to say at home, we mourn with those who mourn. As Jesus tells us, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So we're going to do this as a liturgy, where I say the first thing, and then you will say, we mourn with those who mourn. Let's begin. Lord, we mourn our friends and family members who are far from you. We mourn with those who mourn. We mourn those who die without having known and experienced your love. We mourn for our wayward children. We mourn for those struggling to bear children. We mourn for those suffering from job losses, financial strain, or the impact of poverty. We mourn conflicts that are still unreconciled. We mourn the division and culture war in America.
We mourn ongoing war and oppression worldwide. We mourn the prejudice and racism present in our country, in our community, and even in our own hearts. We mourn our own sin of pride, envy, greed, and selfishness. We confess that we are lost without you. We mourn, Lord, with those who mourn. Hello, Life Church of Vonya. Lucian Kuzler here, and I serve here as the Director of Youth Ministry. Uh, this station will be focusing on confession, and we'll be reading uh, Luke chapter 23. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah and the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. This is written above his head. This was written above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. When he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into king, your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus is on the cross, he is being punished for the sins of the world. While Jesus is being mocked on the cross, one of the thieves hung beside him begins confessing. The thieves know that he is being hung for the punishment of the sins that he has committed. He then asks Jesus to remember me when you come into your kingdom. The thief, the thief believes Jesus is who he says he is and has the power to forgive him for his sins. Confessing our sins, let us strip away from our own selfish desires and needs, uh, such as being right or even seen as good or to be powerful in people's eyes. When we confess, we admit that we are wrong, which is difficult for many of us to do. Confessing means admitting that we take responsibility for our mistakes and truly apologize in our hearts to God and others. Confessing opens up the door for salvation. It is a vulnerable practice that requires us to submit ourselves to God and receive His grace that only God can provide. Confessing helps to be truly honest with ourselves and with God and accept that being wrong is a part of human nature. Now let's practice confession together. Once we find a comfortable spot, which is key, Open your hands and listen as you read the prayer repentance and confession. You can pray along with your heart and note any if specific things come to mind that you can address later. I'm going to leave some moments of space where you can fill in your own confessions. Loving Father, I am sorry for the ways I have offended you, knowing and unknowingly. I have sinned in thought, word, and deed. I have sinned in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. I come before you and ask for the grace of a deeply repentant heart. You know my innermost secrets. I open my heart to you today and ask you to show me the ways I have blocked the flow of your love. Forgive me, Father, for all of my sins, faults, and failings. For all the times I have gone astray and not chosen life with you, I am deeply sorry. I repent of lack of faith, acting in fear instead of faith. I ask forgiveness for the sins against purity. Lust, fortification, adultery, unclean books, movies, and videos, and sexual fantasies, especially. I turn away from all those activities, and I turn to you. Forgive me, Lord. I repent on any compulsive, addictive behaviors. Drinking, drugs, sex, gambling, food, and all addictions, especially. Thank you, Father, for setting me free through your forgiveness. I repent for not taking care of my physical and emotional health, lack of balance in nutrition, rest, and exercise, perhaps unhealthy suppression of emotions. I make a commitment today to take care of myself, allowing myself to receive the love and worth you have given to me. I'm sorry for the times that I've hurt other people. I repent of any stealing, lying, deceiving, and defrauding. I regret any lack of affirming others, brushing people off, coldness, unloving, and unconsiderate behavior. I'm sorry for the gossiping, 
betrayal confidence of all breach of faith. I repent of any envy, hatred, resentment for unforgiveness, jealousy, and criticizing or judging others. Not receiving love in the way that is offered and withholding expression of love. I especially ask forgiveness of. I bring before you now the areas that I am most ashamed to bring to you. Areas that I have hidden, such as certain personal habits, secret guilt, dark areas I have previously refused to bring to you. I bring you all the areas which I am the most ashamed, especially. Lord, I will no longer hide them from you or myself. Today is my day of healing and liberation as I receive sacrifice on the cross in a new way. Loving Father, loving Father, what else should I bring to you? For these offenses, I beg pardon today. Lord, forgive me. I know that you do. Before we move into worship, that was a lot of stuff. Is there anything on your list that you need to confess, confess to others? Your spouse, a close friend, a pastor? If so, I pray for the courage to do it, knowing that it will lead to forgiveness and healing. Let's worship. At this point in our service, we are going to celebrate Jesus' death on the cross with communion. As I read our scripture from the book of Matthew, please gather both the juice and the bread from your own home so that you can participate with us. The scripture reading is from Matthew 26, 26 through 30, and it says this, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fr this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives. So here in communion, we partake and intake Jesus' death on the cross, taking it into us and allowing, us, allowing it in the truest sense to genuinely remake us because we are what we eat in the truest sense. And this Passover meal that Jesus is at with his disciples as he institutes communion, there's this beautiful moment about three quarters of the way through the dinner. You see, there's this napkin, and the napkin's name in the Passover Seder is mystery. And beneath that napkin, there are three pieces of matzah bread. And at this moment when Jesus is describing, this is my body, what the Jews had done for centuries was take that middle piece of the three matzah and break it in half. And the first half they would eat in that moment as Jesus instructed them. And the second half would be hidden in the house only to be found later by the children. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. As Christians, we can see the symbolism in the Passover meal that Jesus is celebrating, that he is that piece of middle bread that is broken in half, part of which we intake now, and a part we only find later as we become like little children in God's kingdom. And so I just want to invite you now, with Jesus and his disciples, to take the bread as Jesus' body, and as you intake it into your body, confessing your sins and asking the Lord to remake you into the likeness of Christ. So would you take and eat? And then to take the cup, as Jesus' blood was shed on the cross, we intake this juice into our body, asking Jesus to remake us into his image and his likeness. So take and drink. Lord, we thank you for your death. We thank you, Lord, for your resurrection. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that is the forgiveness of our sins. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would remake us into your likeness, that truly in this communion we would become what we eat. In your name, amen. Hi, Life Church Livonia. I'm Jenna Turk. 
and I serve on both our Life Kids Ministry and Team World Vision. So our last station will be talking about forgiveness. Our scripture reading is going to be John 19, 1 through 7, and then Luke 23 and 32 through 34. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I found no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. Now verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So when we think of Jesus on the cross, dying on the cross, what do you think of? Most people think excruciating pain, physical and mental, and also suffering, lots of suffering. But Jesus, he's thinking about forgiveness. And he asks God to forgive the people for his extreme torture and his eventual death sentence. So, if he can forgive, we definitely can too. No, we're, we're definitely not saying, ah, it's okay, no big deal, forget about it. What we are saying is that God is the judge, not us, and that we can forgive and we're trusting God enough to be loving but also just. Vengeance is definitely not the answer, and that's not God's answer. God is the true judge, and Jesus is saying, forgive them and put their punishment on me. Both the criminals and us, all of the punishment goes on him. He says, literally in quotes, give me their punishment. So Jesus' gift of eternal life means that we rid ourselves of sin because of his huge sacrifice, but also forgiving others as God does with us. So, we forgive ourselves, but also others. So, let's pray prayers of forgiveness. 
think of those you may have wronged and you need them to forgive you because sometimes it's hard to say sorry and admit that we're wrong. So now we're going to go into an activity and we're going to pray. In this activity, I will leave some time for you to fill in the blanks for each. So the first one, I choose to forgive everyone in my life, including myself, because you have forgiven me. Thank you, Lord, for this grace. I forgive myself for all of my sins, faults, and failings, especially now failures in here. I forgive myself for not being perfect. I accept myself and make a decision to stop picking on myself and for being my own worst enemy. I release the things held against myself, free myself from bondage and make peace with myself today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Next, I forgive my parents for any negativity and unlove they may have extended to me throughout my life. Knowingly or unknowingly, especially for any abuse of any sort, I forgive them today for any way they did not provide a deep, full, satisfying parental love. I forgive them today. I release them from bondage and make peace with them today. Next, I forgive my spouse for any negativity and unlove extended throughout our time together, especially for all the wounds of our relationship, I do forgive my spouse today. I release my spouse from bondage and make peace between us today. Next, I forgive my children for any hurts, especially I release them from bondage and make peace with them today. Bless them, Lord. Next, I forgive my relatives for any negativity and unlove, especially I forgive them for any abuses, especially and next, I forgive my friends for any actions of negativity and unlove, especially for any time they abused our relationship or led me astray, I forgive them. I release them from all bondage and make peace with them today in the power of the Holy Spirit. Next, I forgive authority figures of the present and the past for any negativity and unlove, especially 
I release them from all bondage and pray a blessing on them today in Jesus' name. Next, I forgive every member of society who has hurt me in any way. Those who have hurt me by criminal action or who have harmed my family. I forgive those in public life who have passed laws opposing me or your values, Lord. I forgive all the unfair anonymous sources of pain and annoyance in my life. Heavenly Father, I now ask for the grace to forgive the one person in life who has hurt me the most. The one who is the hardest to forgive, I now choose to forgive, handing them over to you as their judge. Though I may still feel angry and hurt, I also make peace with the person that has hurt me the most. Lord, is there anyone else I need to forgive? Thank you. Loving Father, for setting me free, I now pray a blessing on those who have hurt me. Lord, do something special for each of them today. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this digital Good Friday service. If God brought something up in you during this experience and during these stations, maybe something you feel you need to work through even a little deeper, I just want to welcome you to please reach out to us. We're a community, and you don't have to process or figure these things out alone. And so I'd really encourage you, please reach out to us via our digital connection card or via a message on Facebook if there's something that you would like prayer for, help in, or help processing. We are here for you. I hope that this service has been a, a moment where you could pause and dwell on the cross of Jesus as we get ready for Easter. We've prepared ourselves by remembering our sinfulness and God's sacrifice in Jesus to atone for that. And we look forward to Easter knowing the resurrection is coming. Thank you for joining us and we can't wait to see you Easter Sunday.